Turn with me to Psalm 24. Today we are going to spend some time, very briefly, and look at the mouth gates. So we are continuing with lift up your heads, O ye gates, part 7. And we are starting on the mouth gates. So let's just go back to our text. Because Psalm 24. Where am I? Okay, let's read together verses 7 through to 10. Are we all there? Psalm 24, verses 7 through to 10. 1, 2, go. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. By the way, please make sure that there is a stool available for Daniel on Sunday. Now, we have we've explained that a gate is that which in Bible times was set within a wall. Such that you gained entrance or an exit from a city. We've explained that the human being is made up of gates. That our eyes are gates. That our ears are gates. Our nostrils are gates. Our mouth are gates. Our hands are also gates. And that when those gates are shut, then we cannot live life at the level that God has ordained for us to live life. We've looked at two gates. We've looked at the eye gates and we've looked at the ear gates. Today we want to look at the mouth gate. And in, as we go through, you will see that um, the mouth gate is even more important than the eye gate. Matthew twelve thirty four. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And please, um, let's just listen and pay some attention. Because why I say so is that as I prepared this, I learned a lot of things myself. Matthew twelve thirty four. I want us all to read together. Matthew twelve thirty four. Are we all there? Good. One, two, go. O generation of vipers, being evil, speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. One more time. So, from this statement by Jesus, simple as it is, we find that the mouth is the gateway to the heart. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, O ye generation of vipers, how can ye being evil? In other words, whatever comes out of you, whatever comes out of your lips, will reveal precisely who you are. Ah, inside. You can try and pretend, but if we stay long enough with you, you will finally give up exactly who you are. I'll give you an example. We can tell that Daniel is a very, very nice person. Why do I say so? Because he has a way of doing things. We've seen many people come here to, to perform, but he just has a way of blending, as it were, 
with the choir and trying to pull out things from them. He doesn't come to the stage and just say, you don't know me, I'm Daniel Winans, Grammy Award winner, listen to me, my voice is the best. And many of us who are in search of David, the new sanctuary is revealing what we have in our hearts. That's why I had to get on stage on Sunday and plead with everybody and say, and we did such a wonderful job, you see, because funny enough, when Daniel came in, he said, all those who are from City of David should stand. And City of David were aware from the back, so that really most of the people inside, like halfway up, were all guests. And that was the plan. But I had to beg people. I had to beg them. I said, please, don't be annoyed. This is our own show. We are the ones who invited this. So don't mind. You know, because when people came very early and they found out that ah, we cut off half of the church from them. They sat down. Quite right, but they were fuming inside. Let's remember from today that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We know that the mouth is also used for eating. But the, the truth is the mouth reveals what the heart has inside. Now look at Matthew 15. Turn to Matthew 15 and we'll find a confirmation of this statement by Jesus. Verses 17 to 20. I want us to read again this bit of scripture together. Matthew chapter 15 verses 17 to 20. Are we all there? Okay, one, two, go. Understand. And whatsoever entered in the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart with evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies, these are these things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So Jesus here explains that it is that which you have inside that you finally bring forth, that you finally act out. And it, it takes some serious things like the ability to kill somebody else, adultery, fornication. The ability to steal. The ability to tell lies. He says, it's, those are not things that just happen by mistake. They are things that are buried in our hearts. But that those things we eat will not cause us any problem. In Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 22. This time I will read. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. Jesus has done something here. He has reversed the order. The man that came to him, the Bible says, was blind, what? And dumb because you are able to perceive somebody who is blind faster it takes a while to understand that the person cannot cannot speak and so they kept on saying blind and dumb blind and dumb in so much after jesus healed the bible tells us here that the healing 
that took place first released the man's speech before his eyes were opened the blind and the dumb both spake he spoke first and saw so the healing that happened was done in reverse order Jesus released his speech first before his ability to see and this tells us immediately that from God's point of view not from your point of view not from my point of view but from God's point of view as far as God is concerned speaking everybody says speaking is more crucial than seeing now if you understand all what we have said about the eye gates then you really want to pay some attention to the fact that here Jesus seems to be showing us that the mouth gates are a bit more important than the eye gates I will list five things for you that the dumb cannot do and then when we speak about the dumb we are actually speaking about those whose mouth gates are short how many people here today are going through one difficulty or the other let me see your hands okay put your hands it's okay you can put your hands now I'm not calling anybody out today <laughs> the, the interesting thing as you'll find out today is that the difficulties that you face are there because there's something wrong with your mouth gates the dumb can see danger but he cannot cry out for help can't two the dumb cannot command three the dumb cannot testify you know we come out here on Sundays and people give testimonies in fact last Sunday we had so many testimonies that said well we'll just hold them because it was a special service the dumb cannot express his joy and finally the dumb cannot praise God there's nothing he can do he cannot praise God so that when your mouth gates are shut you are as good as the dumb let me give you a, a, a very interesting example there are many of us who are here today if we were to say let us pray in tongues for the next five minutes you just cannot pray even in your understanding for five minutes but you can talk isn't it very interesting that whenever we have night vigils that the pastor is actually watching the I am always watching the congregation always watching and then when I think people are beginning to fall asleep we sing a bit we dance a bit we pray a bit but what happens when the vigil ends you would think that people will get up and run home and dive into bed no as soon as the vigil ends we all seem to wake up and everybody begins to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk it tells you there's something wrong with your mouth gates and once your mouth gates are shut you just are as good as he who is dumb physically and the, the thing is the mouth the reason you know God put 
the mouth in place in each human being. It's, it's the mouth that makes you so much more like God than anything else. Because God, the Bible tells us, has a voice. Because the Bible says that the words that we have, even in the Bible, they are what? The words of God. They are spoken words. Things that are... That's why you find that even in the battle that we find in life, the Bible tells us that the devil is doing what? Daily he does what? Accuses. How does he accuse us? With sign language? No. So the mouth is very, very important. And the interesting thing is this. You never really see a person who goes throughout a whole day and doesn't talk. People are always talking. Once they have the ability to speak, they are always talking. But they never talk to the right person. When you see somebody who is going through a day and is not talking, ah, that person has a serious problem. Many of you won't know. There was a long time ago, many of you here were not born yet, when the Yorubas had a problem. And there was a very interesting phrase. Yoruba room. They were thinking, but they were not talking. If you are forever thinking, you are not going anywhere. Perfect pose, that lady. You are not going anywhere. I'm not saying you are not going anywhere. You are going somewhere. <laughs> In Jesus' name. But just that the posture was so right. So you find that the mouth is so critical as far as God is concerned to our existence. But most times we use the mouth to do other things. Now let's just look at this first issue about not being able to cry out for, for help. Psalm 50. Everybody turn, turn to Psalm 50. We are going to spend some time in Psalm 50. In verse 15 of Psalm 50, the Bible says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And the and there tells you that there is something important preceding. What is that important thing that is preceding? It is verse 14. It says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. It says, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. It says, Call upon me means you have to open your mouth and do what? And call God. In the day of trouble. And the Bible says, and I will deliver. He's not saying, I may. He says, I will. But we have a responsibility to do what? To call upon him. And we say that the dumb cannot cry out for help. And the reason why many people find themselves in the place they find themselves is because they do not bother to cry out for help. Sometimes when people come to me and explain the problems they are going through, sometimes if the problem is really overwhelming, you find that the person talks and suddenly the person begins to cry. And I then tell the person, just stop. Can you do exactly what you have done now before me, before God? I say, if you can, you get an answer. 
but many people find it easier to talk to the pastor and very difficult to talk to God look at Psalm 50 I'll read from verse 7 this is the Lord speaking now he says hear O my people and I will speak O Israel and I will testify against thee I am God even thy God I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me I will not say that you have not brought your sacrifices I will not reprove thee I am not going to say anything against you in other words these people were doing exactly those things that Moses said they should do but they were irreligious people just like we have religious Pentecostals today He goes on in verse 9 and says, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the, of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine. And the fullness thereof will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats so God is saying to them you come to me with all these things I've asked you to do you're always forever killing animals laying your hands on their heads pouring out the blood God says I'm tired of you people will I eat the flesh of bulls or am I going to begin to drink the blood he says, I know I asked you to do these things. And then he says, but this is what I want from you. Offer unto God thanksgiving. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the time of trouble. And I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. So here God says to the children of Israel, you've done all you need to do. You guys are just too religious for me. He says, don't you know that even the cattle that you give me belongs to me? Well, God is saying, even the offering that we give to him, he's saying to you, don't you know that that money belongs to me? He said, belongs to me. He says, but will I eat the flesh of animals? Will I begin to drink blood? What kind of God would I be? He says, I don't want these things. What I want is open your mouth. Open your mouth and offer unto me what thanksgiving how many people spent some good quality time thanking god this morning the way you know we have been taught to thank god very few very don't lie you know i know it's very few because if you really spend time and begin to go through from the day you were born you thank God after a while something will tell you uh, is God deaf your mind will tell you just thank him just thank him it's enough you don't have to begin to do all these things that they say you should do go to 1950 this 1950 that it's not necessary it's not necessary but God takes it very seriously apparently Christian who doesn't know how to thank God 
can ask and call and beg and plead and do deliverance and nothing will happen. It's the word of God. He says, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. And then call on, upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. So if, if you look at this bit of scripture, you find that verses 14 and 15 are things that the dumb cannot do. The dumb can have a, a religious relationship. He can buy a cow. He can buy a goat. He can hand it over to somebody to kill. If he takes it into the, 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 the outer court, they will know what he has come there for. But God says, that's not what I want. What I want is offer unto God thanksgiving. The dumb can't. Because to offer thanksgiving, you have to open your mouth and do what? Even this evening, when we said, let us thank God for his faithfulness, for his loving kindness. I don't bother to check people anymore. If you check people, you miss road. Mm. After a few minutes, some people just found it very difficult. Very difficult. Means your mouth gets are short. The dumb cannot offer unto God thanksgiving. How are they going to talk about paying vows when they cannot open their mouth in the first place to tell God? Notice that this is all very interesting because if I write on a piece of paper some things for God, can he not read? I believe he can. But why does God insist that we speak? Because, as I said, it is that quality that really and truly makes us like who? Like God. Them cannot thank God. And they can't thank God, they cannot call unto God in the day of trouble. In other words, the dumb in the day of trouble will keep quiet. And will do what? And will go through that trouble. And really will never come to the end of that trouble. So you want to ask yourself, those of us who are here today, if you say you, there's a difficulty we are going through, the question to ask yourself is, have you called unto God? You might say, well, yes, Pastor, I prayed. What we like to do is so fast and to pray. The fasting takes long. The prayer takes very short. When it's time to break the fast, just mumble a few words and then we break the fast. Fasting is good. But in the scheme of things, it is like a religious affair. Anybody can fast. Yet, you and I think fasting is very difficult. The dumb can fast. The only thing the dumb can do, in order to break his fast, he cannot speak. So when you find yourself fasting, and when it's close to the time, like when the choir rushing when we are, whenever we are fasting by the way we are going to be fasting soon when the choir rushes in and you look and look again they are all out you see where are they they have gone to break their fast they just rush in drop their things and then make to go and break their fast 
which is to go and eat. But that's what all of us do. It's not easy to sit down for one hour and pray. It's very difficult. But it's something we've got to learn how to do. If we're going to make progress with God. You see, because the Bible is so clear, it says, you open your mouth and call unto me. He says, and I will deliver you. He doesn't say, I will hear. You know what he says, I will hear. I will hear means many things. I will deliver, he says. The truth is, many of us never call unto God when in trouble. Many times, a problem crops up before you. The first thing you want to do is use the human mind to see how to solve that problem. God is not always the first person you go to. When the thing is getting out of hand, then you remember God. But in the city of the we are going to be remembering God. We are going to call God so much, whether we are in trouble or out of trouble, that even when we are in trouble, we will be calling Him. When we are not in trouble, we will still be calling Him as if we are in trouble. Many of us find ourselves talking to men whenever we have a problem. Many of us find ourselves talking to the pastor. Very few talk to God. Very, very few people talk to God. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You lost and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. The very first half of that verse of scripture paints a picture of the way we live our lives. You know, struggling hard to do some business, to get some money. Struggling hard to buy a particular type of car, to live in a particular type of place in Lagos. You lost, you have not. I mean, for some strange reasons, city of people decided they were purple and come to the dedication. Some people, their eyes turned green and purple when they saw some other person's purple. That's lost. And you wanted that their own purple. You suddenly realize that your own purple doesn't look so good. Some of us would do anything to just get ahead. So James says you lost and you have not. He says you kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and you war. He says, yet you have not. He says, why? Because you ask not. Everybody say, ask. ask. It's very important to ask God. Remember, he just said that the... Because many of us, when we are praising God, we tell him, the cattle of the thousand hills belong to you. You don't know where he's coming from. He just told us that the things that we give to him, they belong to, to him. And all the things that we want, they belong to who? To him. And he says, you've got to ask me. And this verse of scripture, James 4, 2, describes the Christians whose mouth gates are shut. Very hard working, always in the air, to Abuja, to see somebody who knows somebody, who knows somebody, who knows somebody. 
and Abuja has ruined many people. Many, many people have been ruined by Abuja. You know somebody who moved his whole press to Abuja because somebody said, we'll give you jobs. Somebody said, forget Lagos. No jobs came. The people we find in Abuja, all of them will fake it, will fake it, will fake it, will fake it. They never perform. And it's a very expensive city. Many, I know people, they borrow money and they go there. Because somebody has said, it is done. It is done. You get there, nothing. Working so hard. And not putting God in. Some of us don't tell God because we know that all we hear from God is, don't go, don't go, don't go. So you keep quiet and keep away from God. And all the things we want, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All the things that we want, all, they are in God's hands. All that God demands from you and I is, ask me, ask me. Because when you spend time asking God, God will spend time talking back to you and telling you, this thing you want, is it just for you? Or is it so that you may extend my kingdom? God will help you. As you pray, you will be helped. And all of us who do not ask, our mouth gates are shut. And the mouth gates must open. Real life example. The only things that babies can do is to do what? To cry. That's all babies do. They just cry. Why do they cry? Because they cannot speak. They cannot talk. They cannot tell you what is the problem. So you and I pay a lot of attention to babies at that stage. Why? Because it is a trial by error to find out what's wrong with the child. Babies cry because the nappy is wet. And what does the mother, the first thing the mother does is, I think the baby is hungry. He starts to breastfeed the child who is saying, Take off my nappy, take off my nappy. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there because when the baby says, This is not what I require, then you check some other place until you finally. Why? Because the baby cannot speak. And so the, the children suffer needlessly. So do you suffer needlessly when you do not call upon God? Somebody called me today and said, this, 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 this is happening. And I said, well, um, he said, ah, pastor, please pray. Then I said, actually, I've just come from praying. So I have the right to make some comments right now. You know, which is true. But the, the gentleman was sensible. Because there are many pastors who just talk as if they are God. If you follow the talk, you will end up in the wrong place. They said, ah, don't just tell me you pray. I said, okay, I will pray. I said, but you too pray. There are people here today who are going through difficulties, who are suffering because their mouth gates are shut. It's amazing how many senior people in church can't really pray. I know what I'm talking about. You can't pray. You say, let us pray for five, ten minutes. You can't. It's amazing. It's amazing. How many cannot even pray in tongues? You know, the earlier you 
make a stand, the better. Because you keep saying to yourself, ah, if I go now and say the truth, I want to pray in tongues. The person will say, eh? All this time, you mean you cannot speak in tongues? So you keep quiet. Another year passes by. The hair will be bigger. And as more years pass by, the surprise gets what? Bigger and bigger and bigger. And what do you do? You just keep suffering and smiling, as Fela would say. Because there are some things that nothing can happen unless you open your mouth. If you've been everywhere, you've done deliverance, you've gone to everywhere, and everybody has prayed, and the problem is still there. Open what? Your mouth. Open your mouth. John chapter 14 verse 14. The Bible says, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. How do you ask? By speaking. The enemy tells us that the Lord can read our thoughts too. Therefore we can pray silently. Lie. In preparing this, one of the things I found out is that even when we are praying and we are speaking, tone of voice, everybody say tone of voice. It matters. There's nobody here who is successful at what he or she is doing. You're running an office like as a chief executive officer. Somebody does something wrong and stands before you and you say to the person, why did you do it that way? The office will be filled with confusion and chaos. Some of us, just our voice, just the tone of voice, as they are bringing the person, the person says he's going to appear before the throne of God. In the natural, it applies in the spiritual. Because when we say pray alone, have you prayed for one hour today? You say, yes, pastor, I have. What have you done? You have sat down to, on your own and you've gone quietly in a very conversational-like tone. Remember the Bible says, God says, do what? Call upon me. So you can say, God, I know you can hear me. That's what it seems like when you sit down on your own and say, Najasara, Saida Basata Makazakata, Zadazaha, Nasate, After all, you can't hear yourself. Why? Do you know that speaking in tongues has one serious drawback? It can send you to sleep. When you cannot sleep at all, try praying in tongues. Because it is so monotonous, it has the ability to just send you to sleep. And you have the responsibility to do what? To stay awake. That's the reason why many of us are still dealing with the problems we are dealing with. Have you seen anybody lying in bed and is praying in tongues? 
and he's praying at the top of his voice. Has any one of you done that before? You are lying in bed and you are praying at the top of your voice. You are not. Because you are lying in bed. But this is about life and death. Might sound funny, but you find that if you are on the wrong side of the road, nothing will happen for you. That's why First Thessalonians, we know I talked about this before I traveled, 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. The dumb cannot. The dumb cannot. If it's very difficult to pray in tongues for five minutes, I can assure you it will be very difficult to write five minutes worth of tongues. The dumb cannot. They are, they are locked in a place that God doesn't want you and I to be in. And the reason why people are dumb, and you see, many of us don't understand what it is to be dumb until you see someone who is dumb. It's a very terrible thing to be. The frustration that they feel is all something for us to learn a spiritual lesson from God. You've got to get to the place where we can. One of the things that Pastor Wilber and I saw in Kazakhstan. We are going to get there. You enter the auditorium in the morning. We saw this little girl. And I mean a little girl. Has a stool in front of her. Has the Bible open. And she is just praying away. After a while I thought maybe she wasn't normal. I really thought so. And then we found out that they were all over the hall. They were actually intercessors. Just praying for that event. And her initial number was in the evening when their own choir came to, to perform and they were all dancing this girl danced ah, if they told me that girl could dance I would have said it's impossible if I said I seen her I thought maybe she was a bit hunchbacked she was, I thought there was something wrong with her because whether you pass by her you push her you touch her she's just there just praying ah, so what kind of girl is this girl in the evening when she's there dancing It's good to laugh, but you see, the thing is, that's where God is at. You see, you cannot be called the Son of God. Look at all that God has spoken. Very difficult to read in a year. If you're going to be His Son, you've got to be like Him. To be like Him means the ability to open our mouths and pray. The ability to open our mouths and praise Him. The ability to thank Him. And it's a lie of the devil that God will get bored with you thanking him. I said, I used to thank God from the day I was born. One day I, I heard Mommy Jew talking about Thanksgiving. And she gave a very, about thanking God before you were born. Ah, I said, that's true, sir. She said, talking about the formation of the baby in the womb. How many things could have gone wrong? I said, oh, I never thought of that. I mean, I never thought of it. And the way she took the, the baby and the baby has had the baby learns to crawl. How some babies can crawl into the fire. Some can crawl into water and drown. Because you know some children have drowned before in buckets of water. Because you know in Nigeria, water doesn't always come out from the tap. 
There's a period of time in life when you are totally helpless. But there's somebody watching over you. So you see, God will not get tired. It's just that he will open your eyes to see even greater what detail. Because if you spend your time in the place of saying, thank you for waking me up today. Yes, you go on. Thank you for waking me up today. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for waking me up today. It's you who will get tired. And thanking God is very important. We all need our mouth gates to open. Because there's nobody here who has gone through today with their mouth shut. We've been talking, 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 talking. But we never talk to God. Never talk to God. There's so much more. For example, we'll look at that next. Do you know that even demons can recognize your tone of authority? Tell a demon, please come out in the name of Jesus. The Bible says every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, of things. So I'm saying in the name of Jesus, come out. We slap you. So you have got to speak with authority. Do you want to hear the sound of God's voice? When he said, let there be light. You think he said, let there be light. Of course not. And besides, look at yourself when you are going through the day. You don't talk like a fool. You talk with confidence. And God says, well, if you are going to talk with confidence, come talk to me with confidence. So important. So I want us to do a number of things today. The first thing I want us to do is, we've got to ask God to open our mouth gates. Because I know, this I know, very, well, that's what God wants me to say, very senior people in the city of David. Can't, I mean, I, 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 I saw once, I said, let us pray. And in five minutes, some senior people in the group just kept quiet, too, and they were looking at everybody as if, maybe they said, let us pray. We are just praying for something now. Why, why is everybody still praying as if? You've got to learn how to pray. That's why the Saturday prayer meeting continues. It's going to, we're going to turn it into a full-blown service. We're going to be having service almost every day of the week. It's not going to be by force. But we're going somewhere. First thing I want us to do, listen to me, is to just ask God to open. And it's in God's interest. He wants to open your mouth gates more than you can believe. Why? Psalm 51 verse 15 says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. One of the key things that God has given us a mouth for is just to praise him. Is to praise him. Is to praise him. Have you ever seen a white dove fly by or stay, stay by you? Are you not amazed at how white the white dove is? Yet it's flying through dust, flying through the atmosphere. 
stands on electric poles, stands everywhere and still remains and goes through life one day, two days, one week. You wear a white shirt for three days. When you start to check, everybody will move away from you because you will smell and you look dirty. Black, yes, you can get away with that, but not white. So God says, you, there's enough around you and I to praise him. And you see, these things I'm telling you, they work. If this becomes a way of life, a number of things will happen. You'll not find yourself telling lies. you never find yourself being drawn into controversies that don't concern you. Why? Because you haven't got enough time in the first place to praise God. And you become very valuable to God. Open down my lips and my mouth shall do what? Show forth. So if I'm going to say to God now, Lord, open my mouth gates. It's because I'm going to do what? To praise Him. So I want us all to just bow our heads and just ask God and say, Lord, open my mouth gates. Open my mouth gates, Lord. Because it is written in Psalm 51 verse 15. O Lord, open down my lips. My mouth shall show forth thy praise. As we are praying, Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There are some of us here who need to confess unto God today. To say to him, Lord, I believe, I believe in my heart, and I speak forth with my mouth that Jesus, Jesus is Lord, that he died for my sins. Today I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. You cannot accept Jesus without opening your mouth to say so. Without opening your mouth to say so. So there's anybody here today who will say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for me. So believe alone is not enough. You must open your mouth and also confess. So you are willing to open your mouth to confess today that Jesus died for you on the cross. Then just put up your hand wherever you are. Wherever you are, just put up your hand quickly, quickly. You are here, yes. You are here, you are here. And you know, and you know, and you know, and you know that you are here. But you are not saved. Not saved. Today, if you believe in your heart and you are ready to confess to your mouth, that's what you should do today. That's what you should do today. The rest of us, let's ask the Lord to open our mouth gates. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. In Psalm 50 verse 15 it says, Call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. And the Lord says, I will deliver you. But verse 14 says, For you to call upon Him, because I don't call upon but for you to call upon Him, you need to do two things. One, you have to thank Him. Two, you have to pay your vows. To thank, we'll do the two together. To thank God is to just spend time thanking Him. And as I always say, what we do in church is what you should practice on a larger scale at home. What are our vows? There are many of us who have made vows. You've told God before, if you do this, I'll do, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. And God has done His part. You never bother. You just walked on. You just walked on. And if that doesn't, if you don't qualify in that category, 
The day we became born again Christians, we became born again because we made vows. To give your life is to make a vow. It's to say that Jesus will be Lord, not just Savior. But we live our lives anyhow. So I want us to stand to our feet and spend some few minutes thanking God for today. Thanking Him for this month of November. Thanking Him for the salvation of our souls. And then you remember that there are vows that you have made that you have not kept. Speak to God about it today. Speak to God about it today. Father, we come before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. Oh, we come by the blood of Jesus, the precious, the eternal blood of Jesus. We come by the blood of Jesus, the precious, the eternal blood of Jesus. Lord, we just come to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for your loving kindness. Every morning. Thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. Every night. Point, the Bible says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. Today there can be deliverance here because deliverance is available. All that is needed is for you to do what? To call upon the Lord. Trouble is anything that's disturbing or troubling us, anything that's a problem that stands in our pathway. And God says, Once we say it's a day of trouble, and he will deliver us. In James chapter 4, verse 2, he also says that we have not because we, we ask not. Because John 14, 14 says, if you shall ask anything in my name. So maybe yours is not a question of trouble, but maybe just that you need to really spend some time and ask the Lord. And we ask him without ceasing, just like we pray without ceasing. He says, ye that make mention of the Lord, give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. So it's not a question of asking to them, keeping quiet. We keep asking. We keep asking until we get what we want. That baby cries and cries and cries until we find out what the problem is. So let's lift up our voices today. Some of us will need to call upon the Lord. Some of us need to ask the Lord. Whatever one you want, he says today.
Father, we thank you and bless you. Lord, your word says we should call unto you in the day of trouble and that you will deliver us. Lord, as many as have called unto you today, Almighty God, let deliverance come forth. Oh, we say let deliverance come, Almighty God. In all areas of life, Lord, let there be deliverance. Glory and honor we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord.